Alright everyone, welcome along to another episode of Martin's World. Guys, if you don't already know by now, you can help support the show and the efforts for cannabis legalisation in Ireland by signing up to the patreon.com forward slash martinsworld or you can also make a donation in the form of bitcoins through the martinsworld.ie website and uh, all of the funds that will be gathered there will be used to establish a cannabis activist hub here in Cork City so we can bring together the cannabis activists so we can better organise ourselves uh, to, to fight for cannabis legalisation in Ireland. Um, 2021 is already gearing up to be a big year for cannabis legalisation in Ireland. So um, I, I hope I can do all that I can to, to help get that uh, measure, the, the, that bill over the line because Gino Kenny is going to be putting a bill before the, the Irish government very soon. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be the people that, that will force the hand of the government because currently there is no will within the government to see cannabis legalised. And uh, so onwards we go with today's show, guys. And today's show is starring uh, Alison Littlefair. Um, Alison Littlefair is uh, based over in the UK and she shares with me her story where in her past uh, she competed in gymnastics at a young age and this led to her suffering with uh, some chronic pain uh, a bit later on in life uh, at the age of 15, 16. And um, later on then she she required uh, to be prescribed some painkillers to deal with this pain. But uh, they, they didn't uh, agree with her at all and they, they had a lot of nasty side effects there for Alison. And later on she found uh, cannabis and it was when she found cannabis then that she really got um, the quality of life uh, returned back to her. And uh, as a result of that then Alison set off and she wrote a book and uh, she wrote a very good book called uh, Walter and the Magic Seed. And it's it's about a, a Walter who's a wizard on a mission and he's on a mission to spread education and awareness about the cannabis plant and to help his friend Titch, who is suffering from seizures. Um, so it's a very good uh, book that aims to, to help break the stigma that uh, exists around cannabis and to help uh, just uh, get, get the education there to kids uh, about cannabis, that it's, it isn't uh, just a, this dangerous drug that's always been talked about, whereas it's just a plant, and it's a very beneficial plant when used in the correct way. So again, uh, I'm delighted to, to bring this interview to you guys. I, I hope you enjoy it, and uh, don't forget to, to go check out uh, Alison Littlefair's uh, page. She's on Instagram at uh, Walter and the Magic Seed, and you can also find her on uh, Facebook, probably under the same name as well. So guys, without further ado, Alison Littlefair. Alison Littlefair, welcome along to Martin's World. Thanks very much for giving up your time this morning to, to come and share your story and uh, to help get the information out there that needs to be delivered to people around uh, the cannabis and its benefits to people. So you've got a, a story to, to share in, in your past. Uh, it's, it kind of started, I believe, when you were around 15, 16, and um, yeah. you didn't discover cannabis then until later on. So if you wouldn't mind no. kind of just starting off from, from there uh, as to how your story gets off. And again, thanks for coming along. Yeah, no bother. I mean, like I say, if it can sort of help someone else, um, that's what it's about, isn't it? Um, so basically, I was about 15 um, and I had an accident at gymnastics. I did gymnastics for like 10 years. You know, I went to Germany to compete, France to compete. Um, we were going to America to compete and um, I'd like shattered my ankle, basically and uh, so I couldn't do it anymore so I started with a bit of pain from the age of 15 and um, so I went to the doctors and do um, you know it was just at the time I think it was just like paracetamol and ibuprofen and things like that um, back in the day and then I ended up with hypermobility because I stopped gymnastics so like all my joints were overstretched so um, it was like pain all over really once you stop doing it you know 
So then I got diagnosed with hypermobility. Then I got diagnosed with osteoarthritis when I was in my 20s. And um, I started on the painkillers, which was um, codeine and tramadol and things like that, I think, at that period in time. Then as I, I was on these tablets, the pain was getting worse. I was putting weight on, just feeling really depressed. And then they put me on oxycodone, oxycontin, pregabalin, tramadol intermittently. Um, so I was on all of that concoction and then the pain was getting worse and worse. And um, I was far stone overweight at this point as well. My mental health was completely shut to bits. So, um, yeah, I was just in a really, really sort of downward spiral with these painkillers and like not getting anywhere, but not being able to function without them neither because like people don't realize they're a commitment for life when you go on them sort of things you know it's um you just can't just come well I did come off them and I went through hell which I'll get to but yeah. um and you know you've got to do these do it, things well. gradually yeah <clears throat> I'm, I'm a bit like you know if I get something in my head I have to just do it so I'm not like you know didn't listen to the real book on that one but learnt the hard way <laughs> so yeah and um I'm trying to think where I was on about. Yeah, so I ended up on all these painkillers and um, I'd been on antidepressants, put me on antidepressants. I actually got diagnosed with bipolar when I was 15, um, which is funny now because obviously when you get a diagnosis when you're 15, as opposed to 40 year old, it's like you're, you're, your mind is totally different when you're that age. You know what I mean? But I've got that little label attached to me, so that's okay. Um, so I was on antipsychotic drugs and antidepressants from the age of 15. Okay, yeah. so um, when I come off all the um, pharmaceutical drugs, so what it was, was we'd gone on um, a family holiday with the kids and my partner's in the fire brigade and um, he's dead fit, you know, and um, we'd gone there and he was pushing me in a wheelchair. I mean, I couldn't walk. And um, I just remember thinking like, you know, this is just not working for us as a family. I want to go and do all this stuff with the kids like he is. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I just got it into my head and I was like, that's it, I'm coming off everything. And this was like four years ago. And um, and I just called Turkey, like stopped everything. And I was withdrawing for about seven weeks. Um, I mean, I could have died, I think, really yeah, looking back. Yeah, it was that severe, the withdrawals. And I lost <clears throat> four stones. So every tablet I come off, I lost a stone mm -hmm. right back down to my normal weight, 10 stone, which was, um, you know, crazy because I didn't change my eating or anything I literally just stopped the tablets and um, all the weight just came off me yeah of course, and um, these tablets are doing to the kind of metabolic processes of the, the body the, the normal yeah. everyday functions that's supposed to be happening yeah. they get interfered with by a lot of these drugs that they, they give people to that could be actually just a given an alternative there which would be maybe a cannabis oil a tincture um, a topical spray a rub there's so many yeah. ways in which cannabis could be applied to give an alternative to, to things. So like you say, a lot of your uh, injuries... Like your Without pain, all the side effects, yeah. Yeah, a lot of your pain was sports-related as well, which is a very yeah. common kind of theme as well. But then when I come off all the tablets, my pain improved by, I'd say, 70%. I didn't need my crutch anymore. Oh my I haven't used my crutch. Um, you know, it's... My head, I've not had an antidepressant for nearly four years. I mean, that's like a miracle in itself. And I've never had any episodes. I think all of it's been being on all these tablets and then withdrawing yeah. off a tablet to put me on a different tablet and then putting weight on and then feeling depressed. And then uh, I think it was just such 
a cycle to be in, you know, and when I look back at who I was there, I just think, crikey, like, you know, but you, you go to your GP because you think they're going to help you. You know, you, you want to trust that they're going to do that, though. You do want to, you know, especially yeah. when you've got kids. Like, I've got kids. I want to feel like if there's something wrong with them, they're going to do the right thing for them. And it's quite worrying when you start questioning all this sort of stuff. You know, I mean, I've had quite a few uh, incidents with, like, the NHS and stuff, and uh, it's not been good. But uh, we won't get into that. But <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, and then, um, so I ended up... They do think that they're trying to help you. They do believe that cannabis is this bad thing because they've been miseducated that they are existing in this reefer madness kind of mindset. A lot of, not all, but a lot of the the doctors out there, especially in Ireland as well, because it's a top-down type of thing. The the information is coming from the top down to the the doctors uh, who are out there practicing this. They're getting all the classes and all these opiates. They're getting all these kind of... uh, information sessions and things where they're getting flown out here doing these five credit kind of things here and there and uh there's nothing like that happening at all for cannabis because it's a it's a dangerous narcotic schedule one only recently removed from the schedule four but they should have got removed it from the schedule one too um i, I don't think like that's that's not much celebration there from that un team, uh, it's, so. it's just I think, I, I mean, I don't know, you just, I think for people like me and you, 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 we just think it's sort of silliness now at this point. When like, you know, I work with the kids, obviously we'll get onto the book and stuff, but I, I work with the kids, like do a lot of stuff with the kids with seizures. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the fact that they'll give them ketamine and uh, so many hideous things, and but they won't, you know, they won't try that. And obviously I'm jumping the gun here from the conversation that's coming, but mm-hmm. um, basically... They're now what they're doing instead of giving them the oil, a prescription, they're doing these kids an end of life care plan. I mean, what is that? What is this place? I'm just like, yeah, we're, we're living in the land of not or something like it. It just it like works. blows my mind, you know. But um, so, yeah, going back to uh, Martin. Um, yeah. Well, can I ask so then actually, I when, when you gave up the tablets, um, that, that kind of process, uh, what, what was it that you started working? Did you start immediately with the, the cannabis then with the cbd oil or what? I did about two weeks i did about two weeks um of withdrawal without anything at all oh, and it, i mean it was hell it was hell and they kept saying we'll take codeine because that won't be you won't get as severe withdrawals from the oxycodone and oxycontin and stuff um but i said no i don't want any i want to off it all you know and i was just thinking i'm just going to ride the storm until it, until i know who i am at the end of it i mean it was just like who am i even at this point i mean that many mind altering things going on and and you just you know you're not happy in yourself when you're in that situation so you you, you can't see past it do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i basically it was a friend of mine and and she was on the thc oil and it had cured her cancer and um, well, well, sort of reduced it and left it, you know, when it hasn't got any bigger kind of thing. It didn't clear it completely, but it definitely kept it at bay. And um, I started researching all of that, you know, and then I ended up getting some of the THC oil and well, like my whole life changed after that. You know, I was just able to go have a full night's sleep. I was sleeping like seven hours as opposed to one hour because obviously coming off all them you turn into a total insomniac because when you're on oxycodone and stuff you fall asleep like on the toilet and things you smash your face i've got a friend that was on the same things as i was on and she was drinking wine on a night and she'd gone to the toilet and fallen asleep on the toilet banged her neck off the toilet uh, the towel holder and killed herself so it was just like you know just choked herself because she didn't wake Mm -hmm. up you know and and i remember like sort of being stood up asleep in the kitchen and like having like and just I mean you were just 
that was sort of functioning, you know, as a parent as well. So for disaster, really, something so simple, yeah, you'd be thinking off your glasses. Well, it wine, could have just ended so badly, and uh, and really, I'm just quite proud of myself that I managed to do it all because you know, there's never a time when you ever really feel proud, but I think, Christ, I, I don't know how I did that because <laughs> I look at the sheer amount I was on, I mean, I must have been rattling. Yeah. But all in the hope to get rid of this pain. And then I come off the tablets and the pain, I, mean, I still have pain every day. But it's nowhere. You just cope with it better and you're just able to do it. I don't know. Them tablets make you like, I can't move. Like, I can't, you know, it, they do something to your brain psychologically where you're just totally accustomed to pain. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You alter your state in a natural way that it's just not in tune with. Yeah. Just so then I ended up with the THC. Yeah. So then I ended up with the THC oil on a night and then I ended up getting a high um, CBD, like whole plant extract um, paste for on a morning. Um, and I was having that with my black coffee. And then I was having, then I found another lady and she did all the cannabis teas with THC. And so I was having the cannabis teas, things like that. And I've just changed everything. I mean, even my shampoo's like hemp shampoo. everything <laughs> like pretty much 90% cannabis at this point, I think. But yeah, yeah like I just love it. I mean, it's yeah. just changed my life, you know? So it seems um, like cannabis really is a, a gets my drug. <laughs> <laughs> But it seems to get the gateway drug to a, a better way of living for, for some people. I, I see so many people when they, they kind of go down this road of cannabis, they're, they're, they all want to, live in a more natural kind of a way less like uh and you do and then it because it consciously make i think it makes you more consciously aware and more critical thinking more like in tune with things and uh, that we all should be in tune with you know not crazy like i'm on about just seeing people's personalities and things for the first time you know like that kind of thing like oh you're really you know that sort of awakening that you get from it and also um I mean, the sleep side of it as well. Like, if you don't get a good night's sleep, you, you're, you're sort of worth running on 50%. Whereas if you get a night's sleep, you can take on your day next day. And I don't know, it's, well, it's just the whole plant, is, uh, really. Just sleep is an essential nutrient. Like, uh, sleep is it's, it's as important as food uh, for our body. That yeah. You get. yeah. If, you, if you're not getting a yeah. good night's sleep because of pain, um, geez, like that's going to make it so hard for any other condition than you're dealing with um, for it to get yeah. better. Like uh, the, the major thing is good night's sleep and that, that's yeah. where the, the most of the, the repair and recovery kind of goes on at night time. And, and I do rest. feel though, what, what, well, I mean, talking from my own experience, you know, I started getting really into, once I got into the CBD and just doing all my little teas and things like that and have my little portions and stuff. And, and I started really looking into the health side of food alkalized diets um like you know pure water getting the zero filters and um you know osmosis water things like that like really opened my mind up to like just trying to do the right thing for myself as opposed to throwing yourself under the bus for the last 20 years it's like oh actually we've got to put some work in and do some stuff so yeah i mean i, I do yoga every day now and like i was talking to alan out of ni kind of guy and he was like well how do you stay doing it and i was just like i said about putting your yoga pants on i said you know you've just got to when you get up just start the day off right if you put your jeans on and that you're not going to get the yoga done but if you put your yoga pants on you'll do it you know so it's just little things like that but yeah just you've got to just try and change everything that was damaging you before try and turn it around you know and and luckily i have yeah, and I, uh, I think that's that's another thing as well to be known about cannabis while it's it, it'll help with a lot of symptoms and stuff like that of conditions but it's, it's not like a panacea. It's not a cure-all for everything. A lot of the times it'll, it'll help you get you over the line, but there might be other things in your life, so as, such as your diet, 
that it might waken yeah. you too how you make adjustments here also so that the, the, the cannabis can help you even more um, because yeah. if you've got if you're not getting a healthy diet good exercise things like that um, like there's only so much say that the cannabis medicines could do for you exactly it's a lifestyle change and commitment really isn't it really you know we is. still all have everybody can still have you know a bit of junk food and do all these things but it's the consistency needs to favor being healthy rather than you know I, i'm not one for saying don't ever do anything bad for you ever again because i don't think that's realistic with human nature but i do believe that if you have sort of a ratio of 70 percent good 30 yeah. percent sort of you know you're not doing so I'm, great but I'm i mean 20 man <laughs> yeah, that's all you can do isn't it at this yeah. point yeah no it's a good approach to have you have to allow yourself uh, some some uh, flexibility there to, to kind of be human as yeah. well i suppose and to, to be kind of yeah. but at the same time you do have to be responsible and take care of this vehicle that's yeah. carrying yeah. its true life um we're, we're not going to live and give the right much. impression off to your kids you know i mean like when you've got kids like they're watching you everything you're eating everything you're consuming every time you're drinking alcohol everything like that your kids yeah. are like sponges and they're watching it all you know and um, so for me, I just think it's really important, like what you're putting out there, just remember that like your kids are watching everything that you're doing as well. So if you don't want them to be doing what you're doing, you know, yeah, it's one of them. Um, example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can, can we, um, when you started the cannabis oil, so when you got through uh, that, that seven week um, withdrawal period, um, what kind of uh, oil? So you were saying you worked with a CBD paste in the morning and uh, some THC. And it was the THC tea. oil on the night, yeah. Oh, it was an oil as well you had at night time. Yeah, it was like the, um, like in the syringes. Yeah. You know what I mean? What they would call the Rick Simpson oil type of uh, oil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I get told off for saying RSO, so I, uh, get, I try just. To- ITHC oil now. Oh, you get told off for saying RSO. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're like, it's not just RSO, you know, and I'm like, okay. But yeah, uh, yeah I, it, well, I mean, it was, it was Mike Wise, who's good friends with Rick, that got me uh, into yeah. the THC oil. So obviously, that's where I was in my thought process, but I have been called up, pulled up on that a couple of times. I've been pulled up quite a lot recently. I, I that's why I'm missed. going off grid. I'm going off grid today <laughs> to, to rejuvenate myself and recharge because I lost it a couple of days ago because obviously I've done the this kids book um i mean i've always been an alternative writer i've never wrote things that follow a mainstream narrative do you know what i mean and um but yeah i had quite a bit of abuse at the beginning of the week telling me that you know i'm not um, a medical professional so i shouldn't be advocating cbd with kids and things like that so it's been a bit challenging you know because i'm only human myself so when you're trying to do all this good stuff and then people are having a go at you it's a bit um but if you're not going to advocate for it who is going to advocate for it because the people in power in charge the 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 medical profession they are not taking the 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 reins at this it's always been a bottom-up approach uh, from from the patients um asking for access here so like for anybody to come along and say, you're not a medical profession, say, yeah, I know I'm not. And I wish the we medical profession were here with us arguing for this because they're absent now. And why they're absent yeah. is that there's just no proper education there for them. Like the, the prohibition of cannabis has hindered the research over the last uh, 50 bloody years. And this is the biggest argument then against cannabis. Oh, there's not enough research mm-hmm. to support it. Well, la-di-da, you, I mean, you've, you've made that the- the reason. Well, I, I keep saying this and I will say it again, but I mean, it just infuriates me. We've got decades and decades of research about good cannabis is, you know, for certain things. 
and this COVID vaccine, they've had it in the work for about three months and they want the whole bloody planet with it. What? Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, we, that one's okay, though. That one's okay. I, I yeah. don't, you know, it's just so dodgy like, and corrupt, all this. <laughs> like, like the World Health Organization made six very good recommendations recently and they only approved one of them. Um, and all along, we're being told to listen to the World Health Organization when it comes to this pandemic. So, so like, the, there's no consistency. We're doing it. We're talking about COVID. I know. I, I noticed when you said <laughs> it. I was like, oh, we're here. No, <laughs> no, but I'm delighted in the way in which we brought it up because you're dead right. Uh, they're allowing oh. this research en masse, or, or this vaccine to go en masse to the people. And meanwhile, they, they've restricted uh, access to the cannabis for so long. Like, like and, and the most vulnerable people who are looking for it, they, they could have helped them. And, and it's, it's so corrupting when you actually look at the cannabis industry, then that's there. You have the GW, the Aurora, all of these big pharmaceutical yeah. based companies, like, and uh, you have people then still in prison for it at the same time. And oh, people even it's, it's in America, like, I always, because I've had a few interviews with people in America, and, um, and I, I just find it mad that in one state you've got someone in, in jail, and then in the next state you're getting a pat on the back and going in a dispensary. <laughs> it's yeah. like. It's like, I, I don't know. I mean, what is this place? Yeah, I, I know you've heard of uh, <laughs> Philip Anthony Bevington. Uh, he's over uh, your side of the water there, uh, over in the UK. Um, he's uh, an 80-year-old man. He got caught with uh, 26 cannabis plants. He was growing and making oil for himself. He is uh, a stage four uh, kidney disease. So it's, it's going right. to take his life, but he's treating the chronic pain with the, the oil he was making from the plants. But um, the, the cops came to, to his place, raided him, and uh, they're, they're bringing him to court now, and they're trying to do him for, uh, like, sale and supply, I, I'd assume, and uh, cultivation um, because of the amount of plants he had there. But he justifies it was all for his own personal use to make oil because there's of the no, amount of plants you need. There's no balance. Oh. There's no balance with anything. Like, you know, and obviously we're going off on a tangent, but uh, you look at the child trafficking, you look at paedophilia you look at like rape murders all this sort of stuff going on burglaries constantly things like that but the more their focus is on stuff like that yeah. and and that is i mean anyone with any common sense would say well what's that all about i, I just i don't get it yeah I, I, that, that, that's why i've done this book you know i, I do believe because us oldies now should know better i mean like there's enough stuff out there for us to understand that it's not all bad you know what i mean mm. and and the stigma, um, but it's the next generation that we really need to get the stigma removed from. So they don't have the next 40, 50 years of trying to do what we've tried to do for them, for their futures, because, you know, like I said, what if your kids all end up on oxycodone or total alcoholics and all this, and there isn't anything else. I mean, I'm obviously focused on the seizure side of things because mm -hmm. that is just horrendous what's going on there. And that's why I wrote that story, just because I want that story out there. I want people to hear that the kid's story, what they go through, you know, and normalize it and, uh, and just take away the stigma to it because it's, it's a plant. You know, and, and it's it like, not it, that scary. So, <laughs> no, exactly. So, so do tell us about the, the story because I, I wanted to ask you a bit about that. Uh, you wrote a book. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. You have it there, right? Brilliant. Um, I've got one out there. I'll send you one. If you send me your address, I'll get you one sent out. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I will indeed. Uh, I'll give it to my daughter to read. I've got uh, two daughters here. She's uh, one of them seven and uh, she's uh, on a reading frenzy at the moment. So she'd be... Uh, my little girl loves reading. And she knows all about it's the cannabis plant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to show you some of the pictures. Ah, oh, brilliant. And then there's one of a big cannabis bu a bush in it and they all like this one because like they just can't believe it's in a kid's story, I don't think. Yeah. 
that's it. We have to back to normal. <laughs> it's just a plant at the end of the day. Um, it's it's yeah. no different from the, the, the wheat barley hops and stuff that they, they brew the bear and alcohol from. There, there's no stigma well, there's was, no taboo around these plants. Why, why does it exist around this one? I know. Well, I was saying, obviously, chemotherapy comes from the periwinkle plant. Yeah. It's another plant, you know, but obviously that plant can damage you. I mean, like, chemotherapy can be bad for you, can't it? And, but it can just eradicate everything inside you. But... Obviously, the, the amount of studies going with um, the THC oil for the cancer and stuff like that, um, there isn't all them side effects where you're burning your insides and, you know, and your hair's falling out and all the rest of it. So it seems a lot of people more, are choosing to do it. Yeah, it seems like it's a more natural way of, uh, of helping a person treat their, their cancer. Um, I, I know yeah. it's, it's not seen as, as a method yet, but uh, it seems like the research is there to support the, the fact that THC and the cannabinoids, the terpenes, uh, all held within the plant, can help the, the natural apoptosis that takes place in the body, which is just clearing out of these precancerous cells and um, before yeah. the cancer ever takes place. So I, I think cannabis is something that's been missing from the human diet uh, over the last hundred years because of this prohibition. When you, when you roll it yeah. back, uh, hemp was grown right across the, the, the globe for all sorts of reasons, uh, industrial yeah. and food. Um, and then come the, the turn of the tide there in the 1930s, they had this prohibition come in place because of all these lunatics, racists, and, uh, you know, the Randolph Hearst and, and all of those guys. Um, and here we are today, 100 years later, where people are having, can, like I see it as a cannabinoid deficiency in the, the diet of, uh, of humans, because if yeah. animals were being fed. About hemp seeds are supposed to be one of the most nutritious things yeah. you can have as well, like the seeds we, and everything, the whole part of it. You feed the animals a lot of hemp products, and as a part of that, then the animals probably would have been taking in cannabinoids into their, their mm. milk, to their meat, you know, and all of that. So if you had dairy yeah. from a cow that was fed, fed a hemp kind of based diet, there was probably some cannabinoids inside of there, which would complement yeah. your own system. So yeah. I wonder how much cannabinoids we were getting from different sources, say a hundred years ago versus today. And, uh, and, and maybe how much of that is actually responsible for a lot of the, the conditions we see, see out there. Um, yeah. Because it, it's, I know. Well, I've, I've put a bit at the back of the book as well. Um, and I'm, cause it, this is leading on to, I'm going to do some flashcards for them um, with all the environmental things in, you know, how we can change everything, to hemp you know and save the planet so i mean there's there's all that side of it as well <laughs> which we forgot about but yeah, yeah. No, there, there's i just so don't think there's anything there's, else that exists that can do all these things yeah, and then, you know it's illegal. when you start talking about it it's, it's hard for people not to think you're a lunatic because it's like one plant can do all this go away you must be people lying. fully think i'm a lunatic i'm into all sorts <laughs> so it's like well you're mad well, I'm, I'll, I'll accept that yeah, but, but what um, was that process like? Uh, kind of publishing that book and getting it out there and facing, say, some of that stigma. What do you think it was like? Yeah, it was probably <laughs> a very uphill battle. It's been really hard work, and that's another reason why I'm going um, away for a couple of days because, you know, I've just put everything into it. I'm really, really passionate about this, uh, especially the kids. I mean, it's just the most unjust thing that I've ever seen in my life. The the fact that these parents know that an oil can make their kids go from having 100 to 300 tonic seizures a day um, down to none. I mean, like Murray, Karen, my friend, her son has, has not had a seizure in a full year. 
now as opposed to having 100 a day. Exactly. His head had doubled in size. He was wearing the helmet, you know, and he's at school now. And you look at him and he looks like a regular little boy. So that's what the book is about. And, and obviously, I'm putting all the real life stories. Uh, I still won't pay for Murray's medicine uh, at the moment, uh, despite the fact that he's not had a seizure in a year. Yep. How much money has evidence. he saved well, the NHS by being on cannabis oil? And they won't even pay for that medicine for him, but they would pay for all these other anti-epileptic drugs then. This is yeah. straight up discrimination but no, but right this now. Is thing, this, is thing. this is why it's so unjust. I mean, don't, I don't care what anyone says to us. Like, you can't answer this question. So basically, if you've got money, you can get it yeah. legally. Like, you can get it. It's, there's no problem. We don't need to go marching outside Parliament because you can just get it. But you yeah. can't get it on the NHS. So anybody that can't afford it, the kids are just left to die, basically, or get an end-of-life care plan, or it's just not good enough. So I feel like it's all of our needs to, you know, all of our rights to, to bleat on about this until everyone understands. And they can't, they can't do this anymore because, mm. you know, this is, that, that is the most critical thing, that and the cancer patients and stuff. I just think, you know, we'll all just do what we want to do anyway, but these people need the access to it. And it's, I think it costs them at like £2,000 a month for them. So even if they can barely afford that, they can't afford to do anything for the other kids in the family because all of the money's going on the oil for that one child. And it, it's just, you know, I couldn't afford £2,000 a month for oil. It's just, yeah. I don't know who can really work in class around here. I don't know who can. So it's just not right. Um, so, yeah, so I do a lot of, trying to do a lot of uh, different interviews as well with the mums so that people could just get an insight as as. What, how hell their life has been for the last, yeah. you know. Because they're basically paying £2,000 a month for a plant that could be grown easily in anybody's yeah. backyard or even spare room and they could produce the, the medicine at a fraction of that cost and for those kids yeah. also. And there is still a lot of people going to the black market uh, for that uh, who, who don't have well, it. With the kids' seizures, it, it, there was, she, they were saying it's quite um, tricky because it's got to be certain levels, and they're all Specific. different. Again, you know, like the Charlotte's Web plant um, with the yeah the Charlotte's Web CBD plant, it was mainly CBD, but then a lot of the kids um, need a bit of THC. Some of them, if they have too much C THC, it can bring on the seizures. So yeah. they're all totally different. So we need a full-on medical thing that can go and assess the child and say this is what's working for them and then keep consistent to that the levels that they're on and things like that and I think that's because as I mentioned to um, Joanne Griffiths I said is there any like growers that donate the oil because I would imagine the wood mm -hmm. but because um, I know quite a few that would probably do that but she said no because it all has to be regulated and all of that sort of thing so I don't know how much of yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're, How much is the doctors saying they're regulating something? And I don't know. Yeah, well, when it comes to kids, I can see, uh, and epilepsy as well, and some of these yeah. more severe conditions, why you would want to have a, a much more specified and consistent, yeah. like that's, that's the key word is consistent. Um, that Because yeah. uh, sometimes what can happen with, with growers is that they can have inconsistencies between batches because when you're growing illegally, it's much harder to keep those conditions so well defined as opposed to the guys over in Bedrican in Holland. Like they, yeah, they, they yeah. have the same conditions day in, day out because they're grown like in a regulated and controlled environment. Um, so if, if a person... But then if it was legal and we had these big things set up, you know, like they've set up the Nightingale Hospital or something, we could have another one of them and just specialising in all this sort of stuff. You know, there would just... only be a small portion of the, the patients that would actually need such a well-defined uh, regimen of medicine, I, I suppose. Uh, if we were to have a, a wider access, let's say, people suffering with chronic pain who don't have... Uh, yeah. a, a, who aren't immune-compromised, 
they, they won't yeah. need a, a kind of a radiation treated yeah. uh, like is that's what happens with the bedrocan stuff the, the gamma radiated to, to ensure sterility um, for safety to the patients and, and that's not a bad thing it seems like it doesn't do anything to the to the profile of the the cam- cannabis but still in, in right. pe- the back of people's minds do you want to be consuming something that's actually being blasted with exactly. radiation it's it's kind of uh, it's just a, it's a weird one but it's uh yeah. I think it's a step too far for some patients when in America, let's say, where they had uh, the, the compassion clubs that started up that worked out mm. very well for people who were suffering with chronic pain because uh, they, they, they had access to consistent medicines uh, fr- from growers who were able to grow um, in good environments again because they, they were allowed uh, to grow over there. So that's something that could be replicated uh, in the UK or yeah. and, um, where we could open up compassion clubs and um, not, not for these more severe cases with, with children and stuff. They st- I, I would still be of the, the belief that they do need a, yeah, a, a medical more, professional. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Dispense from a pharmacist. Um, that, yeah. that would be where I would see those kind of medicines coming from. But for anybody else kind of uh, with the chronic pain, insomnia and things like that, again, who aren't immune compromised, um, going into a dispensary type of place and, and buying some uh, flour to be vaporized or to be made into teas or, or somehow yeah. some topicals, bams, whatever is there. Like, you know, I have the myriad of options that could be given to a person and it could be done so, so cheaply too, as opposed yeah. to this two bloody thousand pound a month uh, kind of a carry on. Uh, I know. Where do they get the price for that? It, well, it's, it's, it's all because of the, the, the regulation. and it's going through with everything. They have a monopoly on it. There's nowhere else you can really get access to it, I suppose. All of the, the cannabis in the UK is coming from the Bedrocan guys, I'd imagine, as well as yeah, yeah. all Bedrolite and all of that stuff. Um, uh, did, did you have a license yourself? or No. Okay, so you're kind of still using it illegally from the black market. I'm legally alive and I'm illegally using it, yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't have a license. Make, isn't it? Illegally healed or like legally suffering and in pain and are, yeah. are yeah. just out of it, zombified on, on this. I've, I've, I've met quite a few people that have um, have done the similar thing, not as severe as what I went through, but they've, you know, they've changed their life with cannabis, but they won't tell anyone about it mm-hmm. because the, the stigma again attached to it. I'm like, but if... Mm-hmm. If you all don't tell anyone, then nobody finds out. And then, you know, I, I think if something positive has happened to you, it's your duty to, to, to tell other people, you know, like genuinely, if something's changed your life and it's worked for you, yeah. might not work for everyone else. But um, there is people out there and it is a light at the end of the tunnel because, you know, it does feel overwhelming when you're on all them tablets and you just feel like you're just stuck down a dark hole and you can't get out of it, you know, and because your whole body is dependent on these things. <laughs> You know, like if you don't have it, you will start to shake or you'll get a bit manic in the head or you're, you know, it's, it's, they're just horrendous things. So, and like you said, if you've had an operation or something, a quick fix and wean straight back off it, fair enough. Mm -hmm. But when you're on these things as a long-term plan with the pain clinic and stuff, there's really no end in sight. You're only going to go up and up in your dosage or you're going to go intermittently with other things and it's, and then you get more side effects. And even women who go through the, the, the the monthly, the time of the month for, for women like that, it's common that people, women will take uh, ibuprofen, uh, did the ibuprofen Mm -hmm. and like there's a common theme there that 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 increases your risk of heart attack and and if you're taking that uh, for a week uh, once a, a month um that that that's not good for you over time because uh, how long do you go through that that menstruation cycle it's it's for many years and if you're one of these people who every uh, month you're taking a week long of these it's crazy and yeah. you could have an, an alternative like in a sense. 
I, I must have been on about 15 different types of antidepressants over the last sort of 20 years, obviously yeah. not recently, but looking back on like my younger days, I mean, I would be on one for about a year and then it, I'd be depressed again and it wasn't working. So then they would put me on a different one or well, put you on with this one with that one. And then I would feel okay maybe for about three months. But sometimes you'd feel suicidal for like two weeks after taking the new one yeah. until that gets in your system. And then you, and then that stops working. So then you, and, it, and it's just literally a vicious cycle, all these things. But, you know, I understand everyone has their own I, capabilities of coping with their own heads and stuff like that so I think I was very lucky here as a, as a younger person growing up um, when my mum and dad probably had a bit of a handful with me as a younger person I was very energetic uh, to, to put it uh, yeah. in, in a nice way um, but when I was brought to the doctor uh, the, his kind of recommendation to them to, for me was to, to bring me down to the beach let me out run around on the beach close the door of the yeah. car and don't let me back in until I'm tired and uh, that was kind of how the doctor recommended them dealing with it all those years ago. Um, that sounds I, normal, doesn't it? Yeah, I could have been right, uh, diagnosed with uh, probably the ADHD or something along those lines. Now they'd have you on Ritinol or something, wouldn't they? Yeah, something along those. Uh, I, I found cannabis when I was about 15, 16. It was through uh, peer pressure from my cousins and they introduced it to me. And I think why I enjoyed it is because uh, I got to experience uh, the world in a, in a new uh, light, a new perspective, because I was able to engage mm -hmm. with my thoughts more. And um, it was something I wasn't able to do before. And no, just yeah. no, it's only re just recently that I'm kind of realizing that's what cannabis brought to me all those years ago. Yeah. This ability to engage with my thoughts and actually to be engaged with me as a person, like who, who I am. Yeah. Because all along I was just just and trying understanding yourself and things like that. It's like all things that you never really ever think about growing up fully, and then yeah, it it does it, it opens up something definitely. Yeah. Whether it's your third eye or what, I don't know, but it <laughs> yeah. definitely opens up something, doesn't it? It's it's uh, like I said, you know, I don't know. You just and you see like nice things in things that you would turn a blind eye to and stuff like that. I don't know. I just think it definitely makes you more wholesome, more like into nature, more into like doing the right thing for your body and all that sort of stuff. And well, that can't be a bad thing, can it? So no, not at all. And, and I will always we'll say keep that, going the way we're going. <laughs> I, I will always say then that the cannabis isn't for everybody, but, but at the same no. time, the, these cannabinoids, there's no denying that they are beneficial for everybody. So now everybody likes to get high or stoned and that's fine. Oh, I'm that's not they don't need to have the THC, do they? And then the CBG and then I was looking at THCV. Yeah. Is it that takes away your appetite completely right. and things like that for weight yeah. loss? I mean, there's that much to this plant. It's mind-blowing. So yeah. as much as someone might not want to take THC, they, they'll be part of the plant that would probably benefit them, you know, like whether it's just a high CBD or yeah. something like that um, for the pain. The part yeah. that we need to break is when you talk about cannabis is that the breakthrough this kind of the whole cannabis culture, even though it is very nice that the comedy and the, the stoner and all this kind of crack, yeah. but there's so much more to this plant. The industrial exactly. uses, the health benefits, like it, it, oh, everything in between, it, it goes on. It's a very yeah. long list. And as I say, people will think you're crazy going on about it, but uh, we're, we're yeah. not. And I think you, you brought up something there a few minutes ago that you said as well, that's very important that uh, this silence from people who experience these benefits, um, mm. that, that, that is, uh, it's very harmful to, to, the, to, to the whole kind of access to the cannabis because you need to share these experiences. And um, I also come at it from a different standpoint in that my experience was that I experienced the negative side effects of cannabis prohibition at the age of 17. Mm. 
and, and rather than remain silent, I educated myself and started making noise because at the end of it, we have to remember we live in a democracy and we are the people and uh, we, we didn't agree to these laws and uh, we, we have an no. opportunity to stand up, use our voices and uh, call for change. Um, there's no justification for the, the Misuse of Drugs Act, which it is in, in Ireland. And I think it's a similar act in, in the UK. And, and mm. these acts are, are the main acts that actually keep access from the patients. So in my journey, it brought me to the to kind of the crossroads where I met, oh, there's actually this other side. So I was battling it from just the, the criminal side, but then I seen a yeah. patient side and uh, I was just like really gloves off at that point. Uh, I think it was Rick Simpson that actually, that was the, the run from the cure. That's when I really uh, learned about the benefit. That getting into it all, yeah. Yeah. I, I went and I made a hundred copies of uh, his documentary and uh, I gave them to a, a local group of activists uh, who distributed them uh, for, for me. But that, that was just my little contribution oh, there. Yeah, I always pay homage to... The, the did recruitment. your bit there though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's all I've done really. I've just tried to contribute something that wasn't really there. And, um, you know, it, I just thought, how can we like add to something you know and um and it is really for me it's about sort of educating like we said you know the endocannabinoid system it isn't just missing from the healthcare it's missing from the educational platforms too so if the if everybody can be educated on it especially for the environmental side of it and everything you know it's, it should definitely be talked about like that and not something to be shied away of you know there's no glorifying oh when you get to 14 sit and get stoned every day and and, and do all you know that if you want to start you see, this is the sort of stigma I get at me. You know, well, this is what you're advocating. And I'm like, it's not for that. And it's not a teenage book. It's very, very early on. You know, it's it's to, to get rid of the stigma from the get-go. Like, you know, we don't need this anymore. That narrative hasn't worked. Let's change it. I mean, you know, it's... Yeah, no, I, I've but, experienced it. Even in the education system myself, I have an honours degree in, in herbal science. And um, th- there was a lot of push, actually, to change the name of the, the course, let's say, because uh, when you mentioned the name Herbal Science, a lot of people, yeah. like, oh, Herbal Science, aha, uh-huh, you know, and uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, they wanted That's to change it. the name oh, to, yeah. um, what was it, uh, Applied Plant Sciences uh, is what they wanted to change the name for, but the, the, the course coordinators wouldn't change it. But even within that uh, four years of doing that degree, there was, uh, we done a, a, a module on pharmacology, and uh, we, we got to do a, a choice-led project where I could choose the topic uh, and cover it. I obviously chose cannabis and I focused in on the pharmacology around epilepsy and uh, the kind of the mechanisms at play. Brilliant. It was very good. I really enjoyed it. But what really, really annoyed me is as part of the curriculum of that course was the opiate system. And I was just like, well, we're herbal scientists and we're learning about the opiate system uh, and how opiates work and these drugs. It's not herbal, yeah, I know what you mean. It was a chemical-based drug that we were actually looking at. It was the opiate chemical synthesized one. And um, it really annoyed me because it wasn't like, now there there was other people in with us uh, from other courses. It was kind of a multi-discipline thing. Yeah, Um, yeah. It just really annoyed me that it was only myself. I was the only person out of a hundred and odd people in that class that I had done a project on the endocannabinoid system cannabinoid system yeah and, and and i got stick from that i got stick from my uh, lecturer and even though he's uh, his daughter actually has epilepsy and i that's why i kind of i kind of did cho- chose it because somebody had made me aware of this and yeah. i was like Feck, and he, he might enjoy uh, having a read through this then because it'll be relevant what was he like about um he, he didn't say anything at all to me but he didn't give me a great mark and, and I, to be honest i put my heart into it like it was a very well-researched yeah. project well-referenced well-written 
Um, I thought it was definitely uh, uh, more, more than what he gave. I think I got maybe a, a 70 odd from him, which, which was a good mark. I was happy with it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I wasn't thankless, but uh, I just it's thought it was a proper specialist more. topic as yeah. well. And I, know. I thought he would have caught me aside to have a discussion about it too. And uh, there was nothing. There was just, uh, no, I was blank faced. I think uh, he just didn't even want to talk to me because he knew. Yeah, it was so annoying like uh, that this was the, the stigma within the education field. Uh, I got saying, told, uh, why do you want to do projects on cannabis? This is not going to look good in your uh, CV. And I'm just like, you, you obviously don't know me or, or the world that I'm kind of coming know what from. I want to do when I'm older. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's and, crazy. Yeah, well, I've had, I've had a lot of stick, but I've now had a lot of support just lately. I need to focus more on that. I mean, I've had a lot of, uh, of good people that are just like, wow, we can't believe this. It's really good. And, you know, I've even like Dr. Kelly Seaman and people like that. Mm. She wants to do a little reading of it. She's said it's brilliant and it brought her to tears. I've had a few really nice things come from it now. And, and um, shop in America's got them, stop them. So it's it, yeah, it's just about getting the awareness and spreading the education, and or spreading the awareness and making education on it. And that's it really. Um, but I'm not a medical cannabis professional, and I don't know the ins and outs of every mortal thing. It, you know, I've wrote a kids book which just removes the stigma around the plant, and it and it also tells the story of what these kids are going through because it, it, that's what it's about. It's about a little girl called Titch, and she's having seizures. And Walter and Terence the troll go to find like a, a remedy for her and they end up finding the cannabis plant. And so they plant the seeds. So they plant the seeds, watch the plant grow and make the oil and all that. And then there's all the village looking in as if to, what they're doing to her kind of thing. You know, it's always like little hidden things like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just a kid's fairy tale story, but it just totally normal normalizes the plant, you know. And and I've had a lot of people who were obviously met medicinally use cannabis uh, message me saying it's brilliant because I've always felt like I'm, break, I'm doing something bad whereas like now I've got this book it, the, it feels like you know we've just normalized it to the kids so that they're not gonna think oh like what you're doing kind of thing I don't know it just it's helped quite a lot of people just get rid of the stigma um so yeah if I can just keep doing that then that, that's what I'll keep doing I've got another business uh, which I obviously brings me money actual money <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but this is my little passion you know it's because it changed my life I just really wanted to contribute something different and um and hopefully I've done that. Yeah. So. And what is the other business, if you don't mind me asking? I do. Um, well, I used to do all, you know, the kids' fingerprints in solid silver and the kids' drawings in gold and things like that. Oh, but um, I just do pet castings now. So it's like dogs' noses in solid copper and solid silver. Like It's just an impression kit and stamp it on and off. And then they send the kits back to me. And then I fill it with either solid silver or gold or copper and the paw prints and stuff like that. But so uh, yeah, it does quite well because it's a bit different, I think. So I'm the crazy grandma, I will be, the crazy grandma <laughs> that writes kids cannabis books and makes dogs' noses. I was like, <laughs> yeah, anybody well, like me. I'm so thankful <laughs> you took the time to do this because we do need people like yourself out there doing these things because uh, the, 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 the misinformation that's out there about cannabis, it's... Uh, it's it's really yeah. crazy uh, the, what what the, the, they're spouting on about you know and uh, all the time you yeah. hear from the the prohibitionist side oh think of the children think of the children think of the children but then they don't ever stop to think of the children themselves actually yeah. the, the children like uh, Murray and uh, we've, yeah. we've Ava Barry here in Ireland and multiple other children across the island and, and all across the world who benefit from access exactly. to cannabis and these prohibitionists don't think of those children. But, but they tell us all the time to think about the children when it comes to keeping the drugs off the streets, you know. And, I know, I know. Uh, prohibition actually causes so much more. It fuels these bloody crime gangs. Uh, 
without yeah. prohibition, these yeah. crime gangs wouldn't have anywhere to, to make all that money from, really, did it, you know? And, and our, our, our police or our cops there, that they would be much more free than to actually go after the, the paedophiles, the rapists, the murderers. It, it right hasn't worked, does it? We just look back at the last 50 years. It just hasn't worked. Oh. So we need to try something different now. And this is, well, it was, I think it was just so misinformed anyway. I've, I've watched like documentaries of the 60s, like real footage, you'll have seen them, where um, they're trying to tell all the teenagers, like they're trying to tell them the government's coming, have you been having this marijuana? And they're like, all doing all this stuff. And then, but even in the video I watched, it was saying the kids at the time knew it wasn't doing that. But like, you know, that was what the propaganda was saying. And um, just right now, yeah. um, can, I, can I ask right now, if, uh, if you were to get a knock in the door right now and, and authorities were to come in and, and go through your house, would, like, would they find something, say it's a cannabis base that uh, could find you in trouble? Well, I've got my paste and my THC oil and I that. The THC oil, which would be technically illegal so that they could bring you to court. Are you in one of the jurisdictions in the UK where they kind of have a bit of a, um, a tolerance somewhat? Like uh, you hear places like Durham and, and stuff where they... I don't really... I'm not really, like, involved with all that. Like, I wouldn't have a clue, do you know okay. what I mean? It's just me, mum, yeah. on my own. Like, I don't... Like, I've not... I don't go to any, like groups where like there's no i'm not around anyone the only people i'm around is like through instagram sort of meeting uh, you and meeting hmm? have you gotten the can card do you know that the, the can card released there recently by uh carly barker barker i think was her surname and where uh, it's basically kind of given an amnesty to patients who like yourself you might have uh an oil sourced illegally so if you did get a knock at the door you could say hey look i have a card here and these cards are supposed to be authorised by, like, the, the head of the, the police uh, chiefs or whatever like that in the, the UK. Okay. Um, so uh, that, that's an interesting... I'll have a look into that then. I didn't know yeah, about that. Yeah, can card. Uh, check it out. Um, it, it's an interesting one, but uh, it's, it's something that's just a stepping stone there until they actually just get mm -hmm. their heads out of their arses and end, end this prohibition once and for all. Because this, yeah. this kind of... Um, I, I had an interview there uh, a few weeks ago with Pepe Rivera, and he talks about how um, when he talks about the Jews, when the Jews were made aware the star that it was to kind of make them that stand out. There were second class citizens within society um, because mm -hmm. of the Nazis and all of this carry on. Well, he, he was wearing a bandana on his arm to kind of signify how cannabis patients and cannabis consumers are almost second class citizens in today's society. And that there's so many policies there that discriminate against us that it's no different that the, how the, the Nazis treated the Jews um, or our society is discriminating against us. It's locking people up. I have a criminal conviction. I've, I've spent time in, in prison for not paying fines uh, to do with my cannabis possession. And um, it was more principle. But, but that, that, that in me, it was like, um, I, I can't see any justification for that. It's time I'll never get back. And uh, all the times I had to go to court, uh, it, it's ridiculous. I, I, I've had, I wasn't able to go to America um, to take part in the UN. I, I had an opportunity to go over and sit down in the UN, a special assembly on narcotics. You weren't uh, allowed because of the conviction. Because of a conviction. And I was flying into a state, uh, Washington, where cannabis was available. And my conviction was for cannabis. It was, uh, oh, it was oh, just really annoying. Um, but, but here I am, you know, um, it, it's just, I, I'll keep on doing what I do. I, but I believe what, what I'm doing is going to be beneficial to society. And I yeah. believe what these judges, the, the, the cops and the, the politicians, it's detrimental to our society, what, what yeah. they've been continuing yeah, to it, do. It really is. I mean, I think most people could see now that they're not 
acting for the people. I mean, this is not yeah. for the people. And pretty much 90% of what they're doing now is not for the people at all. I mean, it's all about power, greed, and, you know, and we have to be there for each other and we have to stand by each other and, and all tell our stories and just, you know, and try and push on through as hard as it is because if we all stopped and we all just follow, you know, then, yeah. you know, what, where, what, what would be the result of that? And especially for our kids' futures. I mean, it's just... That's, that's my driving force is the kids, the next generation. Growing up, I, I took a lot of inspiration from the, the kind of the past of the Irish, but also from Martin Luther King and, and all of those kind of people. They were very inspirational to me. But, but Martin yeah. Luther King and uh, Rosa Parks, they were two very big characters there. In uh, as I was growing up, I was like, whoa, what powerful things that these people did. They, like they really just yeah. stood up above the, they stuck their head right up above the parapet, right into the firing yeah. line, despite all the risks and the dangers that, that uh, came with it. They, they, they took that selfless act to kind of to fight for the freedom of so many people yeah. and uh, that that then when I experienced my own injustice there from the hands of the, the, the cops I, I was also kind of inspired and taking that I was like no this is wrong this is injustice and uh, I would yeah. gladly go to go to prison for it because uh, <laughs> you know it, it's it's the right thing to do I believe at the end of the day Patients need access, and uh, this prohibition needs to, to really end. It so I'm a, big, end. I'm a big believer in uh, civil disobedience in, in terms of just openly breaking the law in a form of protest. Um, it's so yeah. easy when it comes to cannabis because you can grow a cannabis plant in protest and nobody gets hurt, and that's a form of protest. And again, going back to that interview with Pepe Rivera, the guy from Mexico, and um, he talks about how they use their, their plants and their, the joints there and the, the, their consumption of cannabis as a form of protest that if the authorities want to come and arrest them for growing a plant or for uh, consuming the cannabis, um, they would be actually arresting them for protesting, which is a big challenge then that they can bring to them in the courts because you can't take away yeah. a person's right to protest. So th this is something I'm going to try to engage people here in Ireland in this year because I don't believe uh, there's going to be much uh, political willpower there to, to see any form of legalization unless the people really fighting for it and I don't see any other way out no, well everything's just been completely taken over with Covid though hasn't it now yeah. like we had all these plans sort of last year and I was like right I'm going to do this I'm going to go over and stop it I had all these sort of things that I wanted to do we were trying to set up a little school to see how that would work and educating the kids and I was going to hire out that there were so many things we were going to do and then obviously this has happened and it's like nobody's thinking of anything other than Covid now yeah. and that, that's worrying for the protests with the cannabis side of things because it's like obviously we've got protests for our rights and things like that now but it's um I, I held a yeah. protest back here in, in August and uh, I got a bit of stick for it because people are like oh it's the middle of a pandemic sure they're just they're, they're, this isn't important at all about uh, the, the or the cannabis thing but meanwhile it was fine to go out and march about Black Lives Matter here in Ireland even though yeah. there's, there's not a whole lot of issues there for black people in Ireland and um, but yeah. there is for cannabis patients and uh, there was a lot of stigma there for those protests but, but I did engage in, in other ones, and I do believe people can engage in uh, these smaller forms of, uh, of uh, mass protests and um, where you could just yeah. go to your local uh, station. I, I don't know, in, in Ireland, what I did is uh, I, I planted cannabis seeds inside in a pot and I went to the guard station and uh, I said, I have cannabis seeds planted here. This is a legal cultivation of, uh, of cannabis. I would like to be processed now. So basically, I believe that the people can clog up the system just with paperwork. Yeah. If, if I, I had a people with me there that day, but uh, sadly none of them wanted to kind of go and uh, join me in, in kind of uh, presenting a pot or whatever. Um, but if yeah. we had like uh, 20, 30 people there at a time coming uh, every day to the, to the guard stations or to the cops over in the, the UK, 
Um, yeah. I think it would be an issue that would need to be addressed then from the top down then because it's causing an issue in the, the, the mechanisms of the system, you know, the paperwork. Yeah. I'm not too sure how it works in the UK, but here in Ireland, for me, I got caught with a joint uh, April 2019 and I didn't get brought to court until September 2020. So it was a joint. for 10 euros worth of cannabis is what I was brought up for uh, one joint. No tobacco in there. <laughs> you see, I thought that they just—I uh, thought you had to have a lot more on you than that. No, I they, mean, they'll bring you for the smallest. I got put off the road for a year for specks of cannabis on the floor of my car because I had a, an empty baggie. He was going to do me for the empty baggie or his residue anyway, but then he shone his light around the floor of my car, found little bits of specks, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I have enough hair in this bag. Uh, I'll see you in court." And he went away. He was fine. And, you know, and I got put off the road for a year, even though they let me drive away that night. Um, and I need my care, care for my kids and to get to college and stuff. Like, oh, what a year that was to, to go through. It was mental torture. I swear, I was walking past the guard stations and I, I, I had visions of going in there and just strangling some of the guards because of what they're making me go through. Just frustration and ludicrousy. Yeah, it's not right. It's not right on any level, is it? I've got no words for certain things anymore. Like, words just fail me. And I'm like, I'm like, I just can't even think of a word for it now. It's just silly. I do need to say this at one, um, while we're on. I just forgot there, which is um, what we've been doing at the minute is the campaign that they've got going on for End Our Pain. I think it's on End Our Pain. End Our Pain, yeah, I'm aware of that campaign. Yeah, um, they've got a new one on there where we're writing to the MPs and it's all pre-wrote out for you. You just have to put your like name and your postcode and stuff in and then it'll send the letter straight to whoever your local councillor is or local MP around here. And um, so if any everyone could go on and do that on End Our Pain, because we just want to send as many, get as many signatures, get as many letters sent to them, you know, in every county, everywhere. That's uh, what they're doing now, because obviously Billy Caldwell, is it Cal Caldwell? Caldwell, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, he's uh, the only one, isn't he, that's getting the NHS um, is he still access. Is the only one to be getting a true yeah. NHS, though? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, there, there was a video, wasn't there? Matt Hancock was um, being interviewed, and this was in February, was it? That's right, yeah. And uh, basically, yeah, and then he put, no stone will get left unturned, and then obviously the pandemic hit, so he hasn't done a thing. No. And what they've been doing now is giving the kids the end-of-life care plan as opposed to just giving them a prescription for the oil. So it's just really important that everyone gets on board that and, and, uh, meanwhile, uh, and the, does everything we can. The UK currently has a title as the largest uh, cannabis exporter in the world, apparently. Uh, at least they did there a year or so ago. Um, because yeah, of the likes that, yeah. of PW and, and all of this stuff and British Sugar, I think, now who grow a lot of cannabis. Yeah, yeah. well, Mike Wise did a thing outside there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I haven't oh, seen that, actually. calling them out. I was yeah. like, you don't care, do you? I, I but... <laughs> I, I, I'm aware of Mike Wise and his work, all right? He, he does great work uh, and uh, he's worked wow. with Rick Simpson, too. That's why I became aware of Mike Wise. And, uh, yeah, he's been great with it. I mean, like he received the PDF copy of the book before I even did it, you know, and I was asking him this, do you think I should change that? Like I've done, like I've sent him every sort of proof and things like that over the last couple of years and he's gone through everything with me. He's, he's really canny, like dead supportive, you know. I love them. So yeah, they're just all the canny. And then I've had, um, you know, do you know, Christine, uh, the Sisters of the Valley, the Weed Nuns. I've been speaking to her for about three years and she's done the proofreads for me and all sorts of stuff as well. So it, they're just really like, it's just really nice to be like part of that community. Obviously, I've noticed now there's people arguing within and themselves within the community, which I didn't know about, which which put a bit of a strain on me because I just want it to be a nice place where we're all advocating for the same thing, you know, And um, but I've realised that it's not fully like that. 
Yeah, and then you've got the medicinal side versus the um, medical side. So you've got like, you know, a lot of people that just want to focus on it medically yeah. and and not the recreational side. Not, you know, say I'm an advocate for the whole plants. Like mm. I do believe everyone should be able to just grow a plant, you know, not yeah. cultivate thousands and do what, you know, but just in moderation and every, and it just, you know, shouldn't have this level of stigma. It's, it's nowhere near as bad as alcohol and alcohol is, you know, like there's adverts on the telly come and drink me. So <laughs> well, I think that's something I regret myself is that um, oh, 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 a couple of years, but my, my campaign started with like uh, adult access to the cannabis ending the prohibition. And, and then over time uh, after finding the Rick Simpson stuff and getting involved with other campaigners, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of convinced to kind of, no, just stick to the argument, the medical cannabis, that needs to be the argument because the patients need access first. We can deal with the, the adult access afterward. Yeah. At the back of the, my, my mind, that never really sat well because it was always that this is the, the, the elephant in the room. This is the, the issue that's causing all of You're still problem. applying the stigma to it by it's not addressing the, yeah, it. Exactly. This is the issue. Yeah. So I, I kind of regret that I gave in to that kind of pressure there from within the groups because uh, I, I didn't like, I just didn't want to be the guy always kind of being the, the, the protagonist within the group and being like, oh no, let's yeah. not do it. We need to be more attacking this issue. I'm like, I'm always the guy for let's get feet in the street, let's go marching. Like, I'm, I'm always about yeah. action. I, I hate this kind of these talking. You're an eccentric like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I am very much so. Um, we have to get this done. Like, and I know it's, it's like, oh, I hear people talking about white papers and policies, and I'm just like, put pen to paper, decriminalize cannabis, like, yeah. and do it right yeah. now. And uh, yeah. I, I believe it can be done too. And um, I, I, I won't give up that yeah. belief either. <laughs> no. I know you and me both. I know it's it, yeah. Just we're more. Some people are a bit more proactive and just like just doing it, aren't they? And um, a lot of people want change, but they don't want to do anything to create the change. And you know, and obviously with the kids seizures things, I think when I've mentioned this to so many people, they don't even want to see the video. Like they don't even want to know about it. You know, it's like polluting their fragile mind. Like oh no, it's just interfering with me. I don't want to hear about that. And I'm like, but this is what's going on, you know, and, and I've just realized that a lot of the time, and I say this in every interview, but I, I, there's so many people that if something doesn't directly concern them, they just don't want to know, you know, and I think if something just totally touches your heart, like it has with you and this whole situation and, and it has with me, you know, that becomes your purpose and your drive and, yeah. you, and you just sort of feel like you've got, I don't know, more, like more, I can't explain it. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can't just stop doing what we're doing. I mean, it's it's like it takes over you, doesn't it? It's like it just becomes a real thing, real passion, and <laughs> and just trying to get the just get justice and like just let's sort this mess out. But um, I think we've got a long haul, do you? Yeah, no, I am. It's not happen yeah. overnight, is it? <laughs> no, it's certainly. Yeah, uh, um, we, we'll we'll definitely get there, though. That that's the thing. Let's not lose sight in that. The, yeah. the finish line is certainly. Uh, it's, it's close. We have a lot of momentum, like this more act that's happening in the, in the US, uh, that, that could uh, make things uh, change uh, really quickly, because we, we can't forget that the, the US was the big uh, promoter of the, the war on drugs all those years ago through yeah. the UN. So if they now change, we'll have uh, multiple UN nations which have legalized cannabis in, in uh, conflict and with the, the UN treaties. Um, which which will need to be addressed then, because you've Canada, Uruguay, um, and then America, which now conflict with the the treaty. Um, so it'll have to be addressed. Uh, that that the, the treaty will need to be nullified. Uh, I think uh, there, there's no place for it. Really, it's it's caused so much bloody devastation right across the bloody globe. Um, I know. Crazy. 
So yeah. I think there is certainly um, some light at the end of the tunnel for us. Uh, 2021 is certainly going to break. There, there's a bill after being announced uh, there this morning here in Ireland. Uh, well, it was uh, yesterday evening, Gino Kenny. Um, I don't know if you, you might have heard of him, but uh, he's a TD with People Before Profit. Um, but he announced he's going to be putting a bill before the, the Irish government here um, next year, which will see the, the legalisation, or at least the, the end of cannabis prohibition anyway, in some form of legalisation there. Well, for it. Okay, yeah. so, well, good, but, but I, again, as I say, I don't believe that the, the government will uh, adopt this unless their hand is forced. And I only, I, the only people mm. who can force the hand are, are the people and uh, I'm, I'm going to be working a lot, a lot to, to get people on the street and a lot of action for cannabis here in, in, in Cork City and, and across yeah. Ireland anyway. And yeah. meeting with people like yourself and, and having these point of podcasts, this is all part and parcel of it. It's, it's all going to help with this uh, momentum and to, to push this over the line. The prohibition yeah. ends and uh, people like yourself, like you don't need to be viewed as, as crim- criminals. Like, how difficult is it for you actually to get access to, to the THC oil currently? Um, oh, I just get it shipped to me. Okay, yeah. Is it from within the UK? Or? It's from another country, yeah. From another country. And mm. is, is it costly then, if you don't mind me asking? It's about £300 a, for um, a month 20 or? mils, I think it is. Is it 10 or 20 mils? 10 or 20 mils, I'm not and, sure. And is that about a month's worth or...? Um, probably that's a bit more, a bit longer than that. I literally just have a grain of rice size on my yeah. finger on a night, you know. Yeah. And um, but I have the the day one, the day paste. I have that about four or five times throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, CBD, you know. And um, I've got a lady, and she does all the herbal teas. She mixes it all up and that, but it's obviously real flour, yeah. you know. And, is and this um, paste, like um, from the kind of the high street from a store, or is that again coming from uh, a, what the CBD one? The CBD paste that uh, you consume is that's that from. I get that from um, the CBD Brothers. CBD Brothers, it's a, a original alternative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, I just use that one. Right. I've used that for about two years now. Yeah. What's and are you um, happy with that? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I can't live without it. I've got like, mum, my mum has it now and like there's quite a lot. I, I must have got 30, 40 people on that paste. Brilliant. I said I should have white labeled the blooming thing because <laughs> honestly, I got everyone on it because they were just like, how have you done this and what are you taking and what are you want? So I just told them all, you know, So and they all swear by it and Brilliant. so yeah. they've all gone on it, you know. And I'm That's like... There. And their, their paste, if I remember right, it's a full spectrum paste as well. It's coming from the, the whole plant and there's no process to include yeah. the, the small bit of THC that would be naturally present in it. Naturally in it, yeah. 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 So that, that, that's great, the hair. Um, and uh, yeah, well, what else was I just about to ask you there? No, sorry, I've gone blank there. And, uh, no, we've rambled on about everything, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, what I was going to allude to is, uh, yeah, it was, it was around the pricing, actually. So if, if you were to, to go to, to get the private prescription, you, you would be paying much more for your cannabis as opposed to what you're getting on the black market. Oh, yeah, but again, it's... For the seizures, it's the levels and whether it's been checked and gone through yeah. the regulations. Well, you know, so to show that if these guys can do it illegally and do it cheaper, like why is it not uh, that the guys doing it in, on a mass able to do it at the same yeah. price that these guys are? And um, there's, there's no know. reason for it only because a lot of these organizations are top heavy. They like paying their CEOs a pile of money that doesn't need to be. It's just theft on the people, isn't it? It's just theft. I mean, like... Yeah, the the people over in South Africa, the Rastafarians, actually, uh, they had a big protest um, two days ago. I reported on it there recently in the the 420 News. And um, basically, they were were calling out the the government for discriminating against them. 
because as they put it is that it was the black farmers uh, association of south, south africa who were saying it um, is that the the indigenous black people none of them have a, a license to to grow cannabis whereas the the big white pharmaceutical companies they're getting all the licenses to produce the cannabis mm. in south africa while the, the indigenous people are still being criminalized for it and uh, the organic farmers the ones that are doing the proper job probably <laughs> exactly yeah so it's it's a uh, double standards and uh, it's it's reflective right across the world as the the howdy oh. laws are are discriminating against the I'm just ready for like a space rocket to like <laughs> take me to another planet at this point because I just don't know what I, I just sit in all of it I just I just think oh I just don't know no, there, whether this is for me <laughs> a lot of people out there, believe me and uh, yeah we, we all live in democracies like I, I've ran for government here I, I, I topped the poll for the independence uh, when I ran which was very good because I had a couple of other independents uh, running alongside me um, who had ran before so I, I I'd done more better than them so that was a really good acknowledgement i didn't get voted in now in fairness but um i am not too sure what the situation is in the uk but uh, i i do believe we need more people like ourselves uh, to be kind of running uh, not not just even to get elected but to have our voices heard and our opinions heard so that the people who do get elected will have to have debated against us uh, at some mm. points or maybe even just heard our views and opinions and take that then into account. Challenge them, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. So I, I do believe uh, we do need to engage more with, with our democracy and with the system and, and with these protests too, you know. Um, yeah. Many years ago, you, you could have been killed, um, you know, hung, treason, whatever. It would have been like for, for no, sharing no, your no. views and opinions. I'm so too we... sensitive for even that thought process. <laughs> what, what we... Like if I think about what went on back in the day, I mean, I don't know. I would never leave the house. I, I'm too <laughs> sensitive me. I'm like an empath and I just can't like, yeah. it's all rainbows and unicorns like in my head because if I start thinking about too much negativity and stuff like that, I don't know, like it's, it's just been barbaric, hasn't it? It has, yeah. For a long, long time. And it, I just, there's so many injustices and I don't know. Yeah, and we've I, just got to pick one and focus on one. That's yeah. what I've found. That, that's <laughs> what I try to one. do as well with this show. I'm trying to stick to the, the one kind of point. And yeah, it's yeah. drug policy, but very focused on, on cannabis, yeah. uh, cannabis across the show that uh, the way I view it now and why, why I'm not afraid of sharing my opinion is because I, I don't view myself as, as a person who's free at the, the current moment because say I can't go mm. to the back garden plant the seed and grow this plant which I would like to do as a, as a free person yeah. I would be criminalized and locked up for it um, so that's, yeah. that's the only thing that can happen to me um, for this crime and for sharing my, my voice is that they can kind of lock me up put me in behind bars but in my own mind, I'm, I'm already kind of behind these bars, like not, not physically, but like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I know, know what you so, mean. So that, that frees me then actually. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm no longer afraid of these guys because actually I'm, I'm already not free. The only thing yeah. I can kind of do is put me behind bars. But even then here in, in modern day, like I still will get a six minute phone call every day and that six minute, I will use it to, to kind of voice my, 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 get my voice right across the world. Kind of like I'm here in Cork yeah. prison or whatever prison it might be in Ireland for my crime of cannabis possession and uh, I'll have my, my daughters, my, my partner and all of these people, I'll, I'll share, I'll use my experience. I have no problem using that and getting her out there to the people because yeah. uh, they really need to see the effect that, that these uh, drug, drug laws have from the, the point of a person criminalized from it, but also from the point of, of yeah. yourself and the many other patients who are sharing their stories. There's, there's yeah. so much uh, harm caused by the prohibition of cannabis and uh, prohibition of it. Yeah, I know. 
So I think, um, you know, un unless there's more you want to add in there, I, I know you've uh, some I think other we've books. covered everything, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> Literally. You've some other book that coming out there. Another book coming out there that uh, kind of engages with the kids on, on mindfulness and uh, these other techniques that, that are missing from, from the current. Well, that's uh, my next book. That's my next book. Yeah. I've wrote uh, one. It's with the illustrator now. And it's all about children's unhelpful thoughts and anxieties and dealing with, you know, like other people's opinions of you and things like that. And Lovely. it's just a really nice little fairy tale story again, but it's got loads of exercises at the back for the kids to write down their own unhelpful thoughts, things like that. And then Walter, the wizard, gives like dragon this bag of lavender and a rose quartz crystal and a notepad and stuff. So I'm going to put them with the book so that people can get that Lovely. with the book for the kids. And like, because I mean, my daughter's homeschooled and she's got really bad anxiety. And um, this pandemic and everything, it's, I mean, I don't know what it's done to our kids at this. It's like, like I've got a teenage boy as well. And he, you know, he just wants to go out with his fr friends and he's literally lost a year of his life pretty much now. And it's just like, I, d I don't know. So, at this next book again you know it's it's not cannabis but I, I just write about things that i think yeah. you know need oh, more light shedding on them and kids anxieties and yeah. fears and stuff now well, and I've health and thoughts what we were saying earlier how cannabis isn't a panacea and these tools that are, will be enabled through this book now that you'll release will will kind of help also again with, with other like not, not just kids but adults need to know these skills too yeah. of mindfulness and, and how to deal with anxiety and all of these things because they're not they're adults not we're, as adults we, we've, we've got a lot more baggage damage scars like what makes you who you are it's our journey you know and we've got all these sort of experiences we've probably gone through and things like that but if you start off right with the kids and you start off and they understand a bit about manifestation and, and you know they understand about like that thoughts are just thoughts and, and they're not their thoughts and things like that and like if that education was in a school environment where they were really sort of getting that point across to kids and that it doesn't matter that you're not the sit like there's so many different things that need implementing from a very early age like you you tell a kid when when they're like five-year-olds or oh, cannabis you know it helps people, kids with seizures you know it can change the planet the environment that's all they'll remember about that plant. They, they won't, they don't need to learn everything. You know, it's, it's literally start as you mean to go on for me. And I, and I just think like, we do meditation, we do yoga with my little girl, she's nine. Like we do stuff all the time. And like, we do a lot of child led learning and she's really creative. And, and I don't know that there's so many things that aren't taught in school now and aren't like a priority when I think really the need to be, especially now with all of this gone on, because they're the, the frightened. I mean, they're frightened. They don't know what's happening, you know? So if I can produce anything, even if it's a small token thing, that's going to make them understand their own head a little bit better. Like every time she, my daughter has like a problem or she doesn't want a fear of doing something, once she's done it, then she comes back and I'll say to her, so what did that tell you about your unhelpful thoughts? And she's just like, oh, that, that, that they were just rubbish really. And I was like, well, there you go. You've proved it wrong. So we tick it off, you know, and it's every, just getting you to face these little boundaries and fears and things like that. Yeah. not adding to them and saying oh yeah that might happen and making them even you know we've all got to go and get on haven't we and i don't know that there's loads of things i've done with that second book as well but um, we'll just see what happens yeah, i look forward to seeing see it very good <laughs> where will people find that uh, and find yourself then as well uh after well, this podcast if they wanted to get in touch just um I've got the Instagram page now. That's just a recent thing, but... Um, it's Walter and the it, Magic Seed. Walter and the Magic Seed, yeah. And then the website is walterandthemagicseed.com. Okay. Uh, www.walterandthemagicseed.com. But, um, yeah, you can get the buy the book on off there. 
and it's got some of the real life stories on there and their donation things if anyone wants to donate and also once the second book's done and printed that'll be on there as well and all the different information stuff like that I'm just building like a resource really for the kids but um yeah this cannabis one just needed to to be done really so it's it's took about two years to do it fully but uh, it's done now so I feel like well it's out there now and it's done and if people want it they want it you know and it's it, I, I've sold the first lot actually within about four weeks it was just like and I thought I didn't I thought it was going to be such a, a what's the word I can't think of the word you know like it, it's not a topic that more you would expect everyone to go out but obviously there's a it's because it didn't exist before so people are like oh it's like a book from the future it's crazy and a lot of people that smoke it obviously just want it as a collector's thing or whatever <laughs> I don't know but people have just you get it so I got a second load of stock in the A4 size and I think I've probably got about 40 left and that's it so I'm just doing it as and when they go really I'm yeah. not doing like massive orders and stuff like that I've said people I've wholesaled a couple of them yeah. um, in America just owners who bought them you, you got some of the the kids who are suffering with it the epilepsy being read the books or reading the books themselves even oh yeah yeah yeah. I've got pictures of them all doing that well yeah. Joanne and Murray and that they, they said they love it because it just makes them, the kids feel normal when they're reading it you know they're not breaking the law anymore because Walter says they're not yeah. <laughs> you know it's like the, that did I find an international audience getting across the pond to America or even to Australia? Did I find Yeah, well, thing? I was already sort of talking to people in America when I was developing it. So that's been okay. But um, I have had some um, someone wanting to translate it into Thailand. Apparently, they've got some of the rights to the yeah. CBD in Thailand. Yeah. But then I, the book is actually in rhyme. So I was like, well, then it won't rhyme if it's in a different language. So it need rewriting. And mm -hmm. I don't know. So that's a bit. I've said, oh, let me just get Christmas out of the way. And like, we'll just see what happens. But I don't know about that one because it's a bit. I don't know how much control I've got when something's over in Thailand, you know yeah. what I mean? And I like to, because I, 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 I don't have a literary agent. I don't have anyone like, do. it's just solely my thing. So yeah. I don't want to be, um, I, I, you know, and then I've had other, other companies wanting it to go with their CBD kids gummies and stuff. And I've said, no, you know, it, it just has to be its own thing, this book. It's not going with a brand and going with all this sort of stuff. It's just going to stay what it is you know yeah, it's, it's not the so reason you kind of got into it to, to kind of sell it off as anything other than what it is it's just yeah and if you message. know any of the kids over there that want one just send me a message and i'll send them with yours because i'd like the kids with the seizures to have one um I, there's quite a few got them but obviously yeah. there's what loads that i don't know about have so you if you know Vera and eva have you heard of Vera to me at all i, I imagine you would have not... i've heard of them but i'm not like in contact yeah. with them you know okay perfect maybe vera be somebody you might have on sometime because uh, you, you've been doing chats as well on your own wall yeah yeah with some of the parents just, to, just uh... again to shed awareness on what then yeah. it was all about the end our pain campaign as well yeah but um, I, I just wanted the, the ladies, you know, Joanne and Karen and that to go on. And, and so people have to listen to what they're going through. You know, it's like, this is my life. Oh, Keep turning a blind eye, but this is brought, my life. It's it's like, me to tears, you know? like physically. And, and I, I would do my show live uh, for 20 News reporting. And I've covered uh, the, the story of Murray and uh, the time they yeah. were outside the offices, uh, the, the parents yeah. and... Uh, oh. Jeez, I, I, oh, oh, your grand, I, I just started, I know, someone's I, I, ringing I, me. Oops, <laughs> but I, I couldn't control my emotions. Uh, the tears just started flowing, and I, I was trying to read the words that I had before me, and it was just, oh, it was a mess. Like because it was, it's, I, I'm, a, I'm an empath like yourself. Like I really yeah. empathise with people and, and feel that the pain that they must be going through. Um, I was reporting yeah. on another story with the, the cannabis prisoner uh, Richard Delessy. He was only released there recently from American prison. 32 years of a 90-year sentence he served. Uh, he got locked up at 40. 
his wife, uh, his son, and uh, his his parents, uh, four people, big part of his life, kind of all died while he was behind bars, that he didn't get to engage with those people, kind of, for the, the, the last part of his life. They've taken his life, haven't they? They've taken his entire life. Yeah, but again, reporting on that story, it was just like, oh, tears just started flowing. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand how these policymakers can't empathise with these people when they're before them, the judges. Like, how can they disengage with this human connection with another human when it's, it's well, they're not human, are they? I don't know, because yeah. I don't know how you can implement stuff like that, especially with kids and things. I don't know how you can sleep at night. And like I said, when I talked to them, it's, it's really affected me because I got really like, I, I just, I don't like injustice. And I don't like corruption. And I don't like, I just, I don't, I cannot get my head around it. Maybe that's a bit bipolar, but I can't, I can't get my head around yeah. it, you know. And, and if I can't make sense of something, it, it starts to really frustrate me. And when I was talking to Karen, um, Gray, uh, you know, I said like I've lost sleep over this. I don't know how, a de- what a day in the life is like. For, for obviously he's right at the minute because he's got the oil and he's been seizure free for a year. But all of that time, like I said, my son had meningitis when he was a little boy. He was a year and a half old. We won't get into what caused it, but um, yeah, he got full blown meningococcal septicemia and meningitis, and he was a year and a half old. And we spent three weeks intensive care, so I've nearly lost a child myself. And there's nothing worse. There's nothing more yeah. like soul destroying than seeing your kid like that. And I just don't know how, how they're getting away with doing this to them. I really don't. But uh, that's why, you know, I won't stop shouting about it and won't stop talking about it because uh, why the hell should we? You know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, certainly. I, I almost had uh, lost my life to, to meningitis too at an early age of, of eight. Um, but but luckily, uh, here I am, and still I'm still here before you. Yeah, well, my son's got really bad eyesight from it, but okay. um, he can see, but he's got really bad eyesight. You know, very yeah. short sighted from it. She's like, I got uh, lucky, so uh, I was in intensive care for a couple of days and stuff because of it. Yeah. But um, I, I got through it. But what you were saying a while ago, you kind of find it hard to deal with it. Um, one way I, I, I realize how these people kind of uh, have just are so emotionless. Um, I don't know if you, you know of a guy, David Icke, the big conspiracy kind of uh, oh, yeah. terrorist guy. Um, like he, he says, he talks about lizard people, and and that's kind of how I see it. I don't think they're actual real lizards, but that they're they're lizards and that that they've no yeah, they've got a negative energy about them, haven't yeah. they? They're not normal people. You know, yeah, I, I don't know think they're actually lizards or reptilians. No, but like they have the emotions. <laughs> of reptilians, like, in that. Oh, we got onto reptilians. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I think that's the point in which we need to start ending things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, that, that's kind oh, of how I, I see. No, and it's been equally. It's been like a uh, lovely chat with you, and uh, and all the best with uh, the the book. Uh, and I hope it goes really well for you. The second book as it goes out, I look forward to getting the the read through uh, the the first book, and I certainly will be uh, mentioning it to the parents as uh, as I encounter yeah, them. As the, this is a good way to introduce kind of cannabis and uh, the benefits of it to your kids, and having a proper conversation rather than yeah. just saying, "Oh, the drugs, kids. You know, drugs are bad, yeah. kids. Like this doesn't work." But the book isn't about a drug; it's about a plant. Exactly. And it's, you know, and it's like you you thinking with the, the mindset that we've got now, but kids don't have that mindset. So they just see it as a plant. And that is the way you take the stigma away exactly. from it, you know, by not making too much of a fuss of it and just saying what it can do, you know, and it's just... 
Yeah. So we can hold. We can hold. In my household, anyway, for my two kids, they know all about the, the cannabis plant. Oh, man, Jim, man, no, that has changed my life. You know, they're like, oh, well, cannabis changed mum's life. Like, mm-hmm. Blake's 15 and he's he's a real advocate for it at school. He's telling everyone and everything. <laughs> I don't know if your teachers will be overly happy about that, Blake. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? But uh, it is what it is. And I think when you're just a bit out there and eccentric anyway, you, yeah. what can you do? What can you do? Exactly. Well, Ali, I look forward to, to seeing more to come from you. I'll be definitely staying close uh, and watching the uh, social media on your side as well. And um, for, for everybody out there, it's, it's Walter. I'm going to have a couple of days off now, though. I'm going. I'm yeah, going, you're, I'm you're going. well due to it, too. It's, it's the, the season yeah. for people to kind of start uh, relaxing and enjoying friends and family. Yeah. It's family. Christmas next week, isn't it, now? And I just think, like, I just I go for a couple of days and be like around nature and just not pe- no people which is really good for me and um and then come back have christmas and then get on with next year i mean i don't know what's got installed for us but yeah have a good good period off and uh, come january 2021 be, be ready for for uh, a big uh, mo- move <laughs> on the cannabis front because uh, yeah. 2021 will be a big year for for cannabis so uh Let's uh, hope that uh, this time next year, if, if we have a conversation and we'll be looking at things in a much, much different yeah. light. So, yeah, hopefully. Fingers uh, crossed. Exactly. And don't forget to send me your address. I will, I will indeed. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again. All right, Alan. You hanging on. Uh, yeah, yeah no, no bother at <laughs> all. And uh, thanks to Alan as well. Uh, it was uh, Alan who, uh, from, from DNI Canada, guy, uh, without him. It's lovely, Alan. Yeah. Herself as well. So, uh, yeah, no, he's a great guy. So enjoy the rest of your day anyway, Ali. And uh, bye. All right. Thanks, Martin. And there you have it, guys. Uh, thanks again to Alison Littlefair for taking the time to, to share her story on the podcast with me today. Um, and, guys, if you want to find Alison after this, uh, you'll be able to find her at walterandthemagicseed.com. That's our website. Or you'll be also able to find her under the same name on Instagram and Facebook. That's Walter and the Magic Seed, which is also the name of the book. Um, so guys uh, thanks very much everybody for stopping by and listening to the show again just to remind you if you want to support the show and if you want to support the fight for cannabis legalization in Ireland you can do so by signing up to the, the patreon.com forward slash martins world and you can also make a donation in the form of bitcoins through martinsworld.ie and um, there's a little button up there you can just uh, click and follow the directions there. So guys, thanks again everybody for stopping by and tuning in. It wouldn't be a show without the audience. So guys, stay blazed out there and keep her lit. Peace. Much love.